You're listening to the Crosscheck NHL Show, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. Welcome to the Crosscheck NHL Show. We are brought to you today by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com to tell them Locked On sent you. Today we've got a very exciting show. We're going to talk about the new NHL broadcast deals with TS or with uh, TNT and ESPN and how that changes the fortunes for the league going forward. And we have the first half of a fantastic interview that we were privileged to have with Jay Baruchel, who is a friend of mine, actor, director, uh, producer, uh, huge hockey fan, huge Habs fan. Today we're going to be talking to him about his career in movies, which I know is a bit of a departure for the podcast as usual, but you can't have Jay Baruchel on and not talk movies. He's a, he's a huge film fanatic and obviously has a long career that he's carved out for himself uh, in and out of Hollywood. So we have that today. And then next week, we're going to have his thoughts on where the Montreal Canadiens have gone this season, what they need to do to get better, and some very spicy thoughts on how he would change the NHL and his thoughts on the league as a whole. Mary, that interview was great. We recorded it before this, full disclosure. Uh, mm-hmm. I think people are going to be very hyped, especially about the second half of the interview. Yes, it was. Jay Baruchel is a fantastic dude. Uh, it was great to hear him speak. I mean, uh, the thing I knew him most, obviously, was from Goon. Uh, but also, I grew up watching the How to Train Your Dragon movie. So it was really, really fun listening to him and being like, okay, I recognize his voice. But he, I could tell the Canadian in him. Like, I could hear it, like, this time. Because uh, I know his voice is so distinct. But he's also a very smart dude, knows a lot about the entertainment industry, and knows a lot about hockey, too. And we, like, tossed around some really great ideas, I think, in terms of, like, you know, the future of the NHL. We didn't get to talk about the TV deal at all with them because the interview was running really long. Uh, but I think it was very good. Like, it it was... Every guest we've had so far has blown me away in terms of what they brought to the, the table. And Jay Parrishow is really going to uh, knock your socks off, I think. Yeah, he, he's fantastic. And, you know, he's very passionate. And you mm-hmm. mentioned he has a Canadian accent. Yes, he is a very, very passionate Canadian. And I didn't want to get him started on that uh, on this podcast because that would have been a two-hour interview. <laughs> hey, well, maybe we can have him uh, again later in the future and talk about yeah, that because I'm, sure. I'm positive he has more stories to tell, uh, more, you know not rants to more rants to go on more ideas to throw out the the dude's very passionate and it was a real treat to hear him uh talk about the things he talked about in the interview so yeah i i think everyone's gonna be really excited to hear hear that so we're, we're gonna get started with our first segment but before we do you can follow me on twitter at andrew berkshire and you can follow mary at mary c clark and you can follow the show at the crosscheck nhl twitter account you can also subscribe to the podcast. Go to any podcast app that you can think of, search Crosscheck NHL Show, and we will be on there. So, NBC is out. Uh, they were apparently still in the running for a while, uh, even after they'd closed their NBCSN uh, sports network, uh, but the money was too rich for them. Uh, so, TNT took up the, I think it's regional coverage for the NHL, and... ESPN took over the national games and surprise the biggest surprise to me because it's so not American (laughs) is they're sharing Stanley cup final broadcasting duties. They're going one year on one year off for each of them. And that is very Canadian. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's the kind of thing like at one point TSN and Sportsnet or TSN and hockey night in Canada used to share the first round where like they would pick team like series of who would broadcast what, and I've I've never seen America do that before. Yeah, like, just oh a yes, very... we're gonna we're gonna share everybody benefits. And I think it's great, but it's, it was, it's, it was shocking. it's not what you expect from no. American companies. I'll I'll definitely say that. But you're right. I mean, NBC is on the way out. Um, they'll get the rest of the 2020-21 season. Um, so to the Stanley Cup final, I think I don't. I have no idea if they'll get stuff in terms of like the draft or whatever. But I at least know that we'll get them through the Stanley Cup final. But yeah, it's been turned over to ESPN and Turner. I think is the parent company, but TNT. Um, I really think that this is a positive for the NHL as a whole. 
Not to say that NBC did a terrible job. There were aspects of the NBC coverage I liked. I liked Doc Emmerich specifically. Andrew, I know you have thoughts about Doc Emmerich. (laughs) I don't know if we want to go over them, but I grew up watching uh, a lot of my like recent memories of hockey. I've always had Doc Emmerich and him calling the Stanley Cup final, and I've always thought he was a great asset to the game. Um, He's definitely a major positive for me in terms of what, you know, NBC brought. But there were a lot of, you know... It it felt like NBC would be holding the NHL back in terms of its potential. I mean, the NHL sometimes does that to themselves, too. Don't get me wrong here. Um, but we don't need analysts like Pierre Maguire out there. We don't we don't need a Pierre um, in this new deal. And I am hoping that uh, the majority of the NBC talent, as talented as they are, there are a lot of good people on that side. I mean, um, the former flyer, um, uh, Boucher, he's a... Uh, I'm pretty Brian sure. Boucher. Yeah, yeah, Brian Boucher. He uh he's on the NBC, I think, national broadcast. I think he's like part of their like uh between the glass, or at least he was that team. Um so I always enjoyed his commentary. There were some really good people on there, but I think that the NHL needs a fresh start here. Um Yeah. I and and they're gonna get it because mm-hmm. this is a situation where like NBC uh w- was a bad deal in terms of you know, they had some issues with their broadcast. Obviously, they had a history of cutting off playoff games mm-hmm. to show like horse racing, moving uh, like the Stanley Cup final celebrations, like yeah, to like the, one of their satellite networks. Like um, yeah, it was the, very much the end. Yeah, it was clear that it wasn't a priority for them, and I think that comes down to they were only paying. I think it was like two hundred million dollars a season for all of their broadcasting rights, and that was just it was a straight up bad deal for the NHL from the start, mm-hmm. and. This new deal is more than three times the money between ESPN and TNT, which is crazy. I mean, I know years have passed, but inflation doesn't account for that much. This is like actually opening things up to the open market. And TNT has a history of exciting broadcasts. You know, everybody loves the Shaq and Barkley mm-hmm. hour on uh, Get on them to baseball, do hockey. Or NBA on TNT. Get them to yeah, do hockey. I mean, who doesn't want to see Shaq? And I know he Barkley knows nothing about, about hockey, hockey, but let's make it happen. Let's. I yeah. just. I want to see one game. I don't yeah, care about anything, one. just one, one game. Yeah. That's all I ask. Just give us a little bit, mm-hmm. a little taste. Yeah. And, you know, it, I think it's tough to find personalities as electric as those guys in hockey. But I hope that they both ESPN and TNT really go hard in on this and mm-hmm. help the sport grow. Because just based on the initial financial injection of what they're bringing here, uh, do you know Pet Bugs thirteen on Twitter? Yeah, I, I think he's a lawyer in his day job. <laughs> but anyway, he's really smart. This is not me doing the math, but he estimated that just based on the broadcast deal alone, not including how much growth a platform like ESPN gives to the NHL, the the league's salary cap. Once we get rid of the flat cap, when the, the revenues start to tick back up post pandemic, should go up around six point one million dollars, which is yeah, it's gigantic. Yeah. So you've got that, and that's including an expansion team in Seattle coming in. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a very serious potential time for the NHL to expand prolifically. Yes. Uh, especially in the United States. And like, I hope they don't blow it. Time. I hope that the NHL doesn't blow it. I mean, I know obviously part of that, like, some of it is going to be on ESPN and TNT. Um, and other things, like, um, it'll be on ESPN+, Plus, Hulu, HBO Max will have, like, the streaming stuff. Um, so there's that side to, you know, handle. And I hope that they, you know, present the game well. But there's also an onus here on the NHL to step up their game and really showcase their best side uh, to the world. Because uh, this is probably the biggest platform the NHL has had in some time since it was on ESPN back in the day. But that was yeah, back, back in, that in was the back 90s. In, yeah, that was back in the day. And um, it's different now. I mean... TVs are like TV rates are different. Streaming is huge. Now you have the internet. There's the NHL has a chance to really take a major step forward. And I hope that they don't bungle it. I really do. I hope that the NHL doesn't do its typical NHL thing. Um, But now that it'll be removed from NBC, um, I have a good feeling about it. And like you talked about, the cap implications are huge. We thought that uh, post pandemic, we were going to have a flat cap for like some time years or something. Yeah. But this opens things up majorly and that that can only benefit the nhl and its teams um and i think we talked about it on the show maybe last week or like earlier this week about like the trickle down effect of you know the money in the nhl but obviously like i hope that 
all like it the like it rises everybody up and yeah. i the rising tide lifts all boats thank kind of you. thing yes uh i hope that that's the case here because there's major potential for the nhl to expand like it hasn't in a long time and now that you've got seattle coming on board within the next like within the next couple months uh to next season like it's gonna be big i'm i'm really looking forward to seeing what espn and um tnt does with it and obviously i'm excited to hear the nhl and espn theme return because it's quite a bop yeah, and I, I'm just excited that it seems like both ESPN and TNT are fully in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, TNT's, I, I think it was CEO uh, Jeff Zucker was quoting numbers about like the NHL has big growth potential and it's grown well in the right demographics in recent years. And it's like, okay, these guys actually want to grow the game. And I just never really got that feeling from NBC. Like it never yeah. felt like they were all in. And I know that the one thing that some people were a little bit worried about with the game leaving NBC was that the Winter Classic might be gone. I know that that's a huge source of pride for the league, mm-hmm. but the league was never going to let the Winter Classic yeah, die. It's, it's going big. to TNT. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the Winter Classic will still remain. And I know that the games usually are not very good, but once in a while they are a great spectacle. And I think the outdoor games are something special that is really only an NHL thing to do that, like a, a big event to be uh, away from your own arena, you know, it, it, it kind of captures some of the uh, electricity around the big event that like football gets to have every single week. Mm-hmm. And the NHL really needs that. It needs a way to hype some regular season games because there's so many of them. And the winter Classics obviously going to stay. Uh, I would assume that the stadium series is going to come back in some way, shape or yeah. form. They'll do some more outdoor games. They're just too much of a success. Yeah. And, it, and especially I know some from people a TV like to complain ratings. about it. Yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. from a TV ratings because of, you know, um, the views that like the like the spectacle in terms of like the stadiums. I mean, when they had the Lake Tahoe games uh, this year, I, I, I mean, I tuned in partially because of the Flyers, but also like the views were gorgeous. Like, yeah, I, I hope that they do more like things like that. I know that that probably wasn't as profitable for the NHL in terms of like they didn't sell tickets. They didn't get any merch and stuff like that. Uh, but I hope that they continue to take risks, I guess, in terms of like what they do with those outdoor games. Uh, because it seems like it's going to a good home in TNT. Um, right. And I, yeah, I'm hopeful that they'll do more stuff like that. My my hope is that maybe they'll do one at Beaver Stadium uh, up at Penn State, my alma mater, uh, which would be fun. I've wanted one of those uh, for some time. So make it happen. Yeah, TNT. I, I've still never been to an outdoor game and I want to go. Yeah. Everyone who I know who has been was like, yeah, you go once and you never go again because it's, it's yeah, kind I of a rough experience. I just want to go for experience. the experience. Yeah, just for yeah. the experience. I think it'd be I want to go to one in California. They seem a lot warmer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the views. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, the views are nice too from there, from the ones I've yeah. seen in the past. It's one of those things that's kind of missing from from hockey. And like, you know, basketball doesn't have it either. Their stadiums are all inside. Mm-hmm. But basketball, you almost have like people on the court. So like you're, it's a very intimate mm-hmm. situation where in hockey, it's like behind the boards. But, you know, in baseball a lot of the time you're like out in nature you know like some of the baseball like the ballparks are built like on the ocean essentially yeah like san francisco and pittsburgh pittsburgh has theirs by the river yeah so like whenever the nhl can capture some of what's great about other sports and bring it into it Mm -hmm. i think that's a unique opportunity that they have to continue to take advantage of and i i'm all for it uh the one thing that i think some people might be worried about now is that now that the NHL is not beholden to NBC, they might not be as gung-ho about going to the Olympics, which are carried on NBC in the States. And to this, like, that may be true, but if it is true, my God, NHL, get your stuff together, man. You should be seeing this as the biggest marketing opportunity the sport has, and I don't understand why they just don't see it that way. Like, it, it is such a huge event, and you become the marquee event because your athletes are mm-hmm. like the most famous that go to the winter Olympics. Like obviously winter Olympics has some sports that have amazing ratings, right? Like figure skating does incredibly well, mm-hmm. but hockey is the, the, essentially the marquee, marquee event. sport. Yeah. yeah. So I think they're still going to end up going to the I, Olympics. I, I, would I think, think this, so. Yeah. I think the Pyeongchang situation was a one-off. I, I hope so because I, the Olympics are better with them there. I will say though yeah. um, that the previous Olympics, when they weren't there, the women women's hockey got a major 
major shine and i did, did they get more view- I, I don't remember if they got more viewership yeah, i don't remember because... the viewership numbers but i know that the buzz was high and the games to me did not disappoint um yeah was... they, they didn't i mean yeah I, I find that every year with the women talking. Like we this touched on true. that in the last podcast mm-hmm. like it, it's almost like I, I don't know if the the men take away from from the women when the when the pro athletes are there or the nhl athletes are there because the women are pro athletes too mm-hmm. but uh you know i, I don't have any issue with uh I hope the women's numbers did better last time, but I would I would assume that if if the numbers did better last time, that will carry through yeah. to the next Olympics regardless. And I just think women's hockey is in such. A we, good and spot we've talked right about now. women's hockey here before, and as they're growing v- viewership and stuff like that, so I don't think that that's going to be a problem. I just I know that for me, I was more interested in the women's hockey aspect um, because I knew the players and I was I wanted to watch the pros play. Um, nothing against like who, um, like the men's Olympics teams last time, but it, the women's teams were a more compelling story, but I, I think the NHL won't pass up an opportunity again because there is money to be made there. I know that there's the whole, Huge. I know that there's the whole players get injured. You have to stop the season. I know, I know. And my proposed solution to this is just move uh, hockey to the summer Olympics, but that is just me. And that's probably a conversation for another time that we could talk about later, but <laughs> uh, that's been my train of thought for some time. I know it would probably have a lot more hoops to go through too, but Gary Bettman, call me if you want to talk about this yeah. issue. Yeah, so to, to sum up, mm-hmm. this is huge for business, yeah. for, for the NHL. This is huge for the growth of the game. Mm-hmm. You're going to get more eyes on the sport than we've seen in years and years. Uh, ESPN is the biggest sports platform probably in the world. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, TNT is young and exciting the way that they handle sports. This is a gigantic opportunity for the NHL, and I think we all really hope that they stick the landing. Uh, Coming up, we're going to talk to Jay Baruchel, star of the Moody's on Fox. This is the end, and he's Hiccup in the How to Train Your Dragon series. This is the first part of a two-part interview. Uh, We're going to talk about his career and possibly the best interview a couple of actors have ever done to promote a TV series after this. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced. Limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into your life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into your life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10 This collection features high-quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight, fairly priced so that you can give them something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for a perfect, unique ring that they'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Tomorrow, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NHL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th to May 1st. That's the Locked On Podcast Network and the Locked On NFL YouTube page. Welcome back to the Crosscheck NHL Podcast. I am here with the actor, producer, actor, well, I guess producer as well on some things, and director and current star of the Moody's on Fox, my friend, Jay Baruchel. How are you, Jay? I'm well, Andrew. Uh, How are you? We're doing great. Uh, We're enjoying having the new show here. It's uh, a different experience. We got a learn how to do ad reads on and off and, you know, be awkward <laughs> as heck doing that stuff. And this is a, uh, a clean podcast, so we can't do the, the Jay Baruchel swear thon Unfortunately, I should have told you that before, but hey, uh, <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, you probably should have, but um, oh, look, I think all we can beep we'll, it in post. I could beep things we'll, in post, we'll, I'm sure. We'll, 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 no, listen, I can, I can keep it civil. Uh, all right. I, I can keep it. We just won't bring up the Maple Leafs. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go that's it um or swiss chalet 
or switch. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, Jay, I want to start the podcast off on a very serious note. Uh, you're starring on the Moody's in the Moody's on Fox. Now uh, Fox is owned by Disney nowadays. So are you technically a Disney princess? Oh, wow. Um, that took a hard left. Um, <laughs> I, I thought this was going to uh, some kind of Trump Murdoch thing. Um, yeah. Fuck it. I mean, I mean, yeah, you know, he- heck yes, I'm a Disney princess. I uh, can't wait for you to appear in the next, uh, you know, Disney conglomerate thing. Maybe you can be in uh, Kingdom Hearts or. Yeah, you know, I was going to mention oh, the fact that wow. like, yeah, I mean, I was going to mention the fact that you just came off a decade, basically a decade of, you know, the How to Train Your Dragon series, which is, I guess, kind of what I know you mostly from because I'm a big animation person. But now that you're, I guess, in the Disney sphere, Kingdom Hearts could be next for you, depending on what you end up in. Hey, finger, fingers crossed. Um, so I, 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 I'm not, I'm not fussy so long as whatever I do gets uh, ends with somebody dressing up and pretending to be me on like a parade float or something at, at <laughs> Disney World. Um, you're not, you're not a true Disney princess until somebody's playing you on uh, on a float. I think. <laughs> that that is definitely true. Uh, I I would be all for that. I I think we need a fly a floating. A floating Jay in a in a parade going forward. Yeah, uh, you know Jay, uh, I, I've interviewed you on podcasts before, and sometimes it's gone you know pretty standard, and sometimes we go a little bit off the rails and get crazy. But I think one of the things that really goes around every couple of weeks, it seems, for like Jay Baruchel interviews, is that legendary interview that you did on Fox Bakersfield with Eric Andre to promote Man Seeking Woman. And Mary hadn't seen that I before. Know, that's <laughs> before I got you on the podcast, so I got her to watch it. Yeah, it was funny. It was very good. What happened there? It, oh my god! Well, like the you know by by far the weirdest part of that interview is the fact that it's become this like YouTube thing. Like I like it gets it gets recommended to me by the algorithm sometimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> because yeah I, I you know which is like all right surprise surprise i've looked up sh- shit that i'm in on youtube and stuff and you know watch the trailer for fucking random acts and stuff you know um but uh but yeah it's like in the millions of views this fucking thing this thing pardon my language and um <laughs> so here's what happened here here here's what happened is when you do um like a big American network TV show, you have to do um, a whole bunch of press for it because when some American series of American companies have spent a bunch of money on it. And so you have to promote it. That's part of the job, right? Okay, great. So uh, that's all, that's all fine. You know, I don't particularly love any of it, but, but it's okay. It's a lot of, usually it's, you know, sufferable. Um, and then you'd have the uh, network affiliates morning where you have to, um, you know, so you, you, you get up early and, um, you know, if you're in California, it's typically 5 a.m. Pacific. So it's 8, 8 a.m. on the East Coast. And you just go and do every local morning show that found time for you. Um, and that, that's a Fox that's on like a local Fox affiliate. And so this is all the stay that by the time you get to the breakfast, um, television in the Pacific time zone, you've already been doing interviews for friggin' three hours at this point. Um, and your mind is just mush. And then, yeah, we got to Bakersfield and, um, yeah, th- this guy, the guy that interviewed us really sucked. Like, yes. I, you know, that, that, that's probably the thing I, that's the thing I hate about that, you know, like, cause I, I think Eric and I are super funny and I think our corn impressions are on point. Um, what I hate is that this guy gets to own a piece of this cause, cause he kind of sucked. Um, you know, I don't know if the, the whole interview is up. Um, but yeah, he, he, um, he really fancied himself, uh, He's a big wheel down at the Cracker Factory, kind of, if you get my meaning. Um, that, you know, there's some Kirk Van Houten vibes. And uh, so, yeah. Um, and he didn't know that corn were from his 
uh, the city that he lives in and delivers the breakfast news to every day. And so, um, so yeah, my mind was a piece of garbage and, uh, and I didn't think he was as funny as he did. And so, uh, and, and Eric and I have spoken to each other in, uh, in corn gibberish before. So it was like, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was low hanging fruit. It was, it was always going to happen. Well, yeah, I mean, the guy brought the interview off the rails. I don't remember if it was before that or after that when he like immediately brought up a a recently ended relationship for you, and you could just see like yeah. Andre was like, "What is going on here?" And he's like, <laughs> "Okay, we're gonna ruin this. This is gonna be Eric Andre time. We're gonna go nuts." Yeah, that, well, that, that, you know, you it. bought in. It was yeah. It ended, like you guys carried that obviously, but mm-hmm. the guy was awful. Mm-hmm. Oh no, he's garbage. Yeah, he's he's garbage. And 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 it's and and that video on YouTube that said like friggin' seven million views or whatever the hell it is at this point, it's, it is sincerely multiple million. Um, it's on his YouTube channel. Oh no! <laughs> oh, wow, that sucks. Well, hopefully he that's hasn't gotten a job out of it because it's super embarrassing that, for him. That's why opinion. it's that's why it's titled "Actors Go Off the Rails." And oh. not, I'm a douchebag <laughs> or, or du- douchebag reporter ruins interview. Oh, that's too bad. That, that's un- that's unfortunate. I'm gonna. I was have gonna to, say like... we have a we have a bar that we need to clear, Andrew, for this interview. I think we need to make sure we don't hit anything like that, so we don't, you know, end up <laughs> in that category. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think we'll we'll do better than that. I think uh, everyone's in a better place than at that point. But I'm sure. Like Jay, you must miss working with Eric Andre a little bit because it seemed like you guys had such good chemistry on on Man Seeking Woman, and this is kind of something that I've been putting out there a little bit. Like people, I don't think realize that that show is now on Disney Plus, so you can stream it for yeah. super cheap. It is yeah. a fantastic show that man, it, like it just it's so funny, it's so absurdly funny. It's like almost like this fantastical take on what it's like to be single in your late twenties, early thirties. And I, most of the series is obviously written from like, uh, you're the main character and Eric Andre's your best friend. So it's like a, a male perspective, but the episodes that also switch and go to your sister in the show, uh, Britt Lauer is that's yeah. how you pronounce her name, right? Yeah. 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 Those are fantastic too. Like Mary to, to, to sell you on this show, there is a series where, or there's a, there's this episode where, uh, Jay's sister's character falls in love with and has an affair with Santa Claus. Oh, okay. All right. You're selling me on this. You're selling me on it. It is superb. <laughs> it's very good. Yeah. Every, every season we would do one episode that was from Brit's perspective. Uh, we called it, and then we'd even, I think, changed the title for the episode to woman seeking man. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Well, she's just incredible. And, um, and, and some of my favorite stuff in the whole series is in yeah is in those episodes like the, the santa one specifically that that one is just frigged yeah disgusting <laughs> it is it is disgusting in a very good way we interrupt this interview to tell you about our sponsors rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers my car is getting a little bit old in car years. We uh, finished paying it off a while ago. It's seven years old now, and that means there's going to be some maintenance to do. And when you have maintenance to do on your car, the most effective way to do it yourself is to get in on rockauto.com. Rockauto.com has a unique online catalog that's remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available here for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Why would you go and pay full price at a chain store when you can go online at rockauto.com and compare all kinds of manufacturers, save 20%, 30%, 50%, maybe even more? The prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for both professionals, like mechanics or body shop technicians, which is what my dad was, or do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us section so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your vehicle will ever need are at rockauto.com. You looking to bet on some sports or anything else? Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. 
Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. This week have, has tons of sports action on the go, as the NFL Draft is on and the Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, and NHL. The NHL and NBA even have the playoffs coming up. And if you're really into betting, you might want to check out the UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in on the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sports experts. Promo code Locked On. Looking to catch up on all of your sports news? The Locked On Today podcast is the right place for you. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, will Dak Prescott be ready for the start of the season for the Dallas Cowboys? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts at Locked On. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. We're back with Jay Baruchel on the Crosscheck NHL show, actor, producer, now director, and where he's going in the future is... You're you're shifting more. I know you're still acting, but you're shifting more towards the directing route now. Like I, I think you've told me before that that's where you kind of want to go in the future, right? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 kind of like it's it's all I've ever wanted. It's weird. It it, it, it it's like um, I'm I'm very um, grateful and appreciative of the career I've had as an actor. Uh, but it was never my my raison d'être, and I don't know that you know people might. I think a lot of a lot of uh, actors sort of uh, become directors as a function of their, uh, you know, a, 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 an inevitable function of their acting career, kind of. And for me, it's kind of the inverse. My the the entirety of my acting career was born of my interest in being a director. Like you know, when I was a kid, my first day on set, my mother was like, "This will be the best film school for you in the world," kind of thing. So it was. And I and so I don't mean to dismiss it or say anything that sounds like I'm dismissing it as like a means to an end, but it was always like I I was in acting because I was interested in movies, and uh, not not the other way around. Um, and so you know the the best way I can describe it is like the, the, the hockey analogy I guess is like I think I'm a decent actor I, like you know and i and i know this because i you know it's a job where less than 20 percent of actors can live off of acting and i have been able to eke out a career for myself in that with you know over 20 years so um so i think i'm good you know um but what i think is like i think i'm a solid second or third liner um <laughs> and and i and i and i do the thing i could do and i'm and i'm you know real good at setting folks up um but I, I don't have the, but the difference between, I think, being a sec, solid second or third liner and a, and a star first liner is not just sort of talent and, and work ethic. It's also, um, it's a fire, I think, you know, and, and, and I'm, and I'm not trying to say that you don't have a fire if you can't play on the first line. I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I know the difference in me for what it would take to be from a, like, good writer to great writer and i don't know that i'm a great writer i didn't say that i'm just saying like i know this it is it is um a never never ending unquenchable thirst right i i i ha i i would mortgage my house to make to to direct a movie i you know there, there's no acting gig on earth that i would do that for um and and therein lies the thing where i know what i'm good at and I know where I fit in, but I also know that I don't have the burning fire in me to be Crosby. Um, and I think you, you need to, to do that. Uh, what I do have in me very, 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 um, palpably, um, is a very real, vital, visceral desire, burning fire, um, to be the best director ever or, or to die trying. You know, I, I, I don't have the fire in me to be Crosby, but I certainly have the fire in me to be uh, a Bowman. And, and, I, and I've known that since I was a kid. 
and I and I get a and I get a sincere organic thrill out of making helping people try to get to be better actors, right? Like I dig the coaching. I dig I dig all of that shit. And I dig and I know what it takes to make somebody to cha- to transition someone from good to great. I know what 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 that is. And I love being part of that even if I don't need to go through that or have a desire to go through that as a player myself. So, so, so yeah, I, I, I dig it and I'm very lucky to, you know, to have it. And, and I, and I enjoy doing it. Um, but my, my, my fire is, 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 is all for shit. That's like yet to come in earnest. And, you know, it, it took, I, I mean, obviously to, to be trusted to helm a project probably, uh, is, is a big deal, you know, to, to get your foot in that door in Hollywood, maybe even tougher than uh, being an actor. And I, I know that uh, your first, you, you directed uh, a short and also a Trailer Park Boys episode, but your directorial debut was in the sequel to Goon uh, as a feature film, uh, Last of the Enforces. And we're going to get to the hockey stuff on the other side of the break because I wanted to save all the hockey stuff together. It's the first and foremost a hockey podcast, but we can't have Jay on without talking movies. And uh, you recently released, I guess not recently anymore, but recently in terms of for me, because I had a baby a year ago and everything is compacted <laughs> into the last day, essentially. Everything's passed super fast. Uh, Random Acts of Violence, which is a, yeah. uh, a Shutter movie, I believe. It is in the, in, in, um, in the UK and the States. It's on Shutter. In Canada, it's on uh, Crave currently. Okay, perfect. So yeah, you can stream Random Acts of Violence. Can you tell tell everyone who hasn't seen it uh, what this movie is about, what people should be thinking going into it? Oh, boy. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I know you had like, a story to tell, Jay. I know you had a story to tell. So like the synopsis, I guess, is like, like there, there's no... Dis- the de- me describing it will be the most boring version of it. So yeah, yeah um, go but, for but like the synopsis theme, is theme. Um, there's like a comic cr- book creator and he writes a very violent sort of comic series based on um, sort of series of like uh, true crimes that happen in the uh, in the kind of backstory of our movie. Um, so he writes this comic inspired by, in theory, by some some real murders. And um, he's having a bit of writer's block, and he and he has a overwhelming desire to to end the series because uh, he hates it. Um, he's gotten to that point, and he's on a road trip um, from Toronto to New York for Comic Con, and hoping to get inspiration to figure out how to come up with an ending to this story. And at every sort of stop along the way on this road trip, people start getting killed in a fashion very, very similar to uh, the way that his killer kills uh, his victims in the comic book. And so he basically realizes that somebody seems to be kind of riffing with him. And so, um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of a, slasher flick about the creative process and the cyclical nature of inspiration. Um, but um, yeah, I think anybody that goes in expecting Sean of the dead or this is the end or something um, <laughs> will probably it's a bit more serious. Be... <laughs> well, it's just let it's, it's just like, there's not many jokes in this flick. Yeah. And I think a lot of people assumed incorrectly um but understandably uh that given my involvement it was going to have to be something that they you know yeah something kind of jokey um and i would posit that there are very few actual horror comedies in existence i i would argue that most horror comedies most anything hyphen comedy is just a comedy nine times out of ten most action comedies are not action movies they're just comedies most horror comedies are not horror movies they're just comedies they're comedies with some kind of spooky halloweenish branding um but uh but yeah this is not we didn't try to make anything funny we just tried to make something heavy duty and hard as fuck pardon my language and um yeah we just tried to go together and um and i think we did <laughs> because it's a movie that is <laughs> profoundly polarizing which is one of the things i'm most proud of um, in, in this flick is that it's like currently sits at 50, 50 something percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, and, and, and I would, I sincerely would rather that 
um, than than sort of ninety something. I mean, who knows? If I make a movie that's ninety some Rotten Tomatoes, maybe I'll be super psyched about it. But I I know that as a viewer, when I look up a, a flick on Rotten Tomatoes and it's ninety or something, you know, I'm kind of like already less inclined and 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 there's 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 less sort of at risk when i see something that's like 50 percent or 40 percent or anything like that i'm like oh this is a movie that made some decisions that garnered some very serious reactions out of people um on 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 opposite ends of of a spectrum and how cool is that i'd rather make a movie that some people love and other people you know Friggin' hate, you know, like I, 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 I don't understand why you'd want anything other than that, you know. So I think, uh, and and so that's the thing. Our movie has as many sort of fans as it does <laughs> haters who resent my right to make the flick. So um, yeah, that was everything I tried to do. That's that's awesome. I know. Before we go to break, uh, I wanted to just based on conversations we've had before, you talked about like how hard it actually is to get a movie made. And I know random acts was a passion project for you for a very long time. So I know that it was, it meant a lot to you to actually get it done. And I was just reading cause like the Academy Awards were just earlier this week, um, which I know is not your favorite thing in the world, but I was reading uh, James Gunn was saying on Twitter that he doesn't like uh, like criticizing other people's movies as a director, just because he knows how hard the process is to get to the finish line. And sometimes it just isn't how it, how you want it to be at the end, but you, it had to do that in order to get to the finish line. Is that something that you feel as well? Or is it just like you, you oh, feel a little bit differently? Definitely. I, 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 it, you know, uh, see, seeing a flick A to Z from, from prep to release, you know, um, twice makes you nothing if not um, sympathetic to to anybody trying to do it right but at the same time um yeah and, and but he's you know i don't know that he so he's not about sympathy so much as he is talks talking about like biting his tongue right and right. if you don't have anything nice to say don't don't say anything at all kind of thing which i i fully buy in i i agree with that that's how i was raised um i have been it, it has made me slightly more sympathetic to kind of to yeah anybody doing it but at the same time no one is forcing anybody to direct a movie. <laughs> um, and, like, you know, so uh, there are very few sweatshop directors, <laughs> you know, um, and, and so um, my, my, watch I say this offhanded stupid thing. And then, of course, a bunch of people. Like, yeah, actually, you know, a bunch of movies are made in bondage, <laughs> but uh, um, it doesn't seem to be. Seems to not be that kind of a gig. So, so you've asked to be put in the eye of the tornado, you know, like that, that was the kind of, there's no, um, that, that's the hardest part I think of, for me of directing was like, it's cold comfort that it's difficult because I'm not doing anything anybody forced me or made me do, you know? Um, yeah, I'm rising to an occasion, but it's, it's hardly my granddad, you know, um, storming normandy right like mm-hmm. it, it, it's and so as difficult and insurmountable and exhausting as it sincerely is <laughs> um it's all my fault <laughs> and so and so so anytime you get like realizes how hard this is you, you don't even get to have that moment of like no one understands me <laughs> because you know, no matter what, I'm right there being like, no, Jagoff, this is all you've ever wanted. You've told people you can do this. So freaking do it, you know. Um, now, I do understand, you know, how hard it is to land that airplane now, though. You know, it's, it's, it, um, it's, it's, it's like ine- inevitably the thing you set out to make, the thing you want to make, <laughs> the thing you want to make, the thing you, sort of planned to make and the thing that comes out no matter what are going to be three distinct things now how distinct and how different that's probably depends on who's involved and what the project is but but that is the kind of work you know and and it's like that's why they say a movie's written three times uh in in the script um in in production and in the edit you know and and so to be able to 
hold attention, give people something that, you know, uh, they, they, they're interested in, care about, feel connected to, um, and then to land it in a way that they, the, the, the lights come up and, and they feel some degree of, um, if not satisfaction, um, uh, uh, change in them or something effect, right. Emotion. Like if you, if you can do that, then yeah, it's, it's, um, it's not an easy thing. Yeah. I, I can't imagine. Uh, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about not just uh, random acts, but get into the hockey stuff and your, your passion for both the Canadians and uh, the films that you've made next week, because you've given us so much time here today. And we want to thank Jay for coming on the podcast. We're going to have the second half of this interview for you next week on the Crosscheck NHL show. We're going to talk about Jay's view on the league, Jay's view on the Habs. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait for you all to hear it. Coming up, Mary and I are going to do another get to know you section with a BuzzFeed quiz. But before that, a word from our sponsors. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The new Built Bar is even deliciouser. There are 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. There are six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp to go with the 12 original flavors, coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Best of all, Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious person. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. You can't beat that. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for keto diets. Check out the flavor Cherry Barcia. It has 17 grams of protein, just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. For a limited time, you can get a free cooler with your purchase of Built Bars. While supplies last, and this will only last a short time, go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get a 15% discount on your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Mary and I have hosted a locker room. It was a lot of fun. We're hoping to do one again soon. We're also hoping to do a watch-along game in the future where we are on, you know, live recounting the game, and we'll bring you on so you can chat and uh, we can talk, talk hockey. Everyone misses going to bars right now. We're in the middle of a of a global pandemic and you know everyone's kind of depressed and we're missing each other socially isolated physically isolated but you can recreate that bar atmosphere with locker room heck you can pour yourself a drink we're not going to begrudge you anything locker room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league you'll find fans just like yourself on locker room for watch parties debates post-game breakdowns and of course reacting to big news or rumors you'll have a chance to chat with us Maybe be featured on a locked on chat you can for your favorite team. I know I recently joined the locked on Canadians uh, locker room with my friends Laura Saba and Scott Matla. We had a great time talking about a Canadians game post game where we crapped on their effort and it was fun. Go download the free locker room app now. Currently available on all, all iOS devices and there's a beta out now for Android devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter and join the NHL, MLB, or NHL groups for the latest league updates. Follow me or Mary at Andrew Berkshire or Mary C. Clark to get an update of when our locker rooms can go live. I know you won't want to miss it. Locker Room is changing the way we talk about sports. (coughs) Sorry. All right, I think that's good. All right, Mary, that was a fantastic first half of the interview with Jay Baruchel. I'm so excited for everybody to hear the second half, but it's time for our finishing segment here. We're going to do a BuzzFeed quiz. Yep. Uh, we're probably going to retire this this segment soon because I think we're going to have to find another way for everybody to get to know us. We'll, we'll have to do something creative going forward. But uh, what, what BuzzFeed quiz did you find for us? All right. Uh, if this is our last one, I hope this is a good one, but I 
I picked order ice cream to find out which Shrek character you are. Because apparently Shrek is 10 years old. It's more than that at this point. It's got to be more than that. It's Maybe 20. Like 20. Yeah, it came out in 2001. So yeah, 20 years. Shrek is 20 oh, years God. old. And I feel ancient. Uh, that is awful. So I, I don't want to know that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, Andrew, but we're old now. Uh, but no, you know what? You know what really drove that home for me, like the the whole age thing, mm-hmm. is that I, I found out like earlier. I think we're on the holiday season. That Viggo Mortensen is older now than Ian McKellen was when they filmed Fellowship of the Ring. Oh God, you can't yes. tell me that. Now I, I know. You can't tell me that. That changes I know. everything. It's ruined my life. I'm gonna I'm just when we're gonna when we're done recording this, I'm just gonna contemplate my Eat life choices. Get some ice cream <laughs> and contemplate my life choices because oh boy. All right. All right. So choose a base flavor. Uh chocolate, strawberry, vanilla, or pistachio. Chocolate. As a base flavor, I gotta go vanilla. I gotta go chocolate. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Choose a second scoop. Cookies and cream, toffee, mango, or green tea. Um. Or it's same flavor as the first, or no more. So. Oh, oh, same flavor as the first, or no more. Yeah, uh, yeah sorry. Um, for me, I love mango, but I've never had a good mango ice cream. It always disappoints. And you go cookies and cream. Uh, I'm gonna go toffee because uh, I think it adds a bit to the uh, chocolate. The texture, yeah. yeah. All right, choose a cone: waffle cone, no cone, just a bowl, a cake cone, or a sprinkle cone. Waffle cone. Sprinkle cone. Always waffle. Sprinkle cone. Oh, sprinkle cone's good, too. Yep. All right. Choose a topping. Sprinkles, candy bar, whipped cream, fruit, nuts, or no thanks. Sprinkles. Uh, I'll do sprinkles, too. Uh, I usually do whipped cream, but since I'm having this on a cone, uh, sprinkles is the way to go. Sprinkles everywhere. Yeah, you, you can't put whipped cream on a yeah. cone. The only place ice cream wise that i can do whipped cream is a banana split otherwise i'm like i don't like this texture you on don't my ice cream. you don't oh just adds just like no. a bit of lightness to it that's Ugh. oh andrew you're doing it wrong <laughs> choose another topping chocolate sauce caramel sauce fruit sauce cookie crumbs no thanks chocolate sauce i'm gonna say well, that should go on before the spring yeah i'm gonna say no thanks because i think i think we're i think we're uh we're pretty good in terms of like my ice cream construction all right finally where are you eating it in a cafe, in a garden, at home, by the beach. I mean, ice cream by the beach, you got a chance to get sand in it, but I want to go by the beach right now. Yeah, I'm picking by the beach, too. All right. Who'd you get? I got Fiona. You're the fun and fiery Princess Fiona. Put me down or you will suffer the consequences. I got Shrek. I'm the beautiful green odor ogre who lives in the muddy swamp. Odor. You know, <laughs> just, I remember, yeah, just, you know, reading that the way it... Uh, it Smelled in the movie, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. This is the part where you run away, it says. Uh, I guess, I don't know how, what other characters that were in there. Donkey, <laughs> yeah, Puss in Boots, uh, the yeah. Gingerbread Man, uh, the lady, uh, the fairy godmother lady who sings Holding Out for Her Hero from the second the movie. The bad guy, Lord Farquaad? Farquaad? Yeah. Was that? yeah, yeah, yeah. We're testing our Shrek knowledge here yeah. on this podcast. I don't remember anything past the first movie, to be uh, honest. I remember the second one because it has that song, Holding Out for Her Hero. Uh, it also has Puss in Boots in it, too. Right, boots, yeah. mm-hmm. All right, well, that's all we got for you uh, this week. We're going to come back at you on Tuesday. We're really excited for next Thursday when you get to see, hear the next part of the Jay Baruchel interview. I think you're all going to really like it. And we have a really awesome guest coming up the following week that we've already booked. We're not going to tell you who that is yet, but it's exciting. Trust me. All right, Mary, thanks for uh, coming on with me. Thanks, everyone, for listening.